welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Into It. It's me, Brie. So today's episode, well, first off, I've missed the last two Fridays putting up a Friday episode, and it's really not like me. Like, I'm I'm always really consistent with posting the content for the podcast, but that one week I had a solo episode in lieu of an interview, and I just felt like I was like, that's too much Brie in... (laughs) for one week and the following week you know I just like wasn't feeling it and again super not like me but I'm kind of playing around with the schedule and trying to mix things up I like to keep things fresh and interesting interesting I can't talk today it's 9 30 at night and I really need to like not be working right now but you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do anyway um, this episode I'm super excited about. I've been wanting to talk about Pinterest for a really long time because it is the number one way that I get traffic to my website. I don't pay for ads. I don't really do SEO. And I think I didn't realize that it was such an interest people had on how do you utilize Pinterest. I really never thought about it um, until I started talking about how I was generating traffic and building my email list. And I was talking to other people and they're like, yeah, but how are you getting people to your site? So a lot of the times when I talk about the number of views that I got on my website within the first three months, people assume that I had a following on another social media platform like Instagram or Facebook, or perhaps I had a YouTube channel and had an audience there. I had none of those things. Um, I solely used Pinterest for the first year that I had my blog. I only had a personal Instagram and personal Facebook page. I didn't tell anyone like my friends and family about my blog. Only a handful of people knew. And so the first part of this episode, I talk a little bit about what inspired me to start my blog um, and how I kind of got started in this whole online space, which I never really get to like talk too much about. And then I go into busting about four or five myths about Pinterest that people usually get wrong and how to utilize Pinterest And finally, the last part of the episode, I saved the best for last, is how I was actually able to generate that traffic and what that looked like. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I will see you guys back on Tuesday for an interview. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hello. So I know I've been missing Friday up Friday's episode Friday episodes. Wow. Can't talk right now um, for the last two weeks. And part of that is because I did that solo episode um, on Tuesday when I usually do interviews. And I was like, you know, I kind of like taking a little bit of a break from doing the Friday episodes. Um, and I'm also thinking of changing the posting schedule. So I know I usually post on Tuesdays and Fridays and I'm thinking of switching it to Mondays and Wednesdays um, because I just need to like be a little bit more uh, organized when it comes to putting these episodes out, especially the Friday ones are very impromptu, if you couldn't tell. Um, (laughs) So I'm trying to like batch the content where I spend one day 
recording like maybe four to six episodes for Fridays and just having them sent to my editor and then just, yeah, having it be in that uh, order. Sorry, I just, I get so distracted. Does anyone else when they like get emails? I need to turn off my notifications. Please hold. Okay. Um, sorry, that's like the beauty of, you know, having a MacBook and an iPhone is like everything's so seamless, but at the same time, it's not that great for context switching. Okay, so I want to talk about Pinterest today. And Pinterest is, I didn't know people had such an interest in Pinterest, to be completely honest. So let me tell you a little background information because I know sometimes people who listen to the podcast maybe haven't followed my blog or whatever. So I started a blog uh, about uh, two years ago. Actually, the beginning of of June, we celebrated two years. And at that time, I was leaving my corporate job. I was dealing really, really badly with anxiety, like crippling, debilitating anxiety. And I was going to CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I really just needed an outlet. Like I needed a creative outlet because I felt like everything around me was kind of in shambles and I didn't know what I was going to do because I really hated working in an office. I've said this a thousand times. I do not work well in cubicles. I like to call it a cubicle farm. (laughs) Just to really lay on being melodramatic. Like, I lay it on thick in the dramatics department. So I just, I really honestly, I'm not against people working a nine-to-five job. Like, you do you. Everyone is different. Some people really thrive in that environment. Trust me, I know those people. I knew those people. I was one of those people for, like, six months. And then I was like, oh, no, I need to be outdoors a lot more than what I was getting. So I decided that I needed a creative outlet, like somewhere to funnel all of this creative energy that I had. And I had always enjoyed writing and I kind of had had an idea of like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to start a blog. Like I'd originally wanted to start a blog about dating because me and all of my girlfriends at the time were going on tons of dates. We were on a very popular app before it was an app that like is just a hookup app. (laughs) Not going to say names because no free brand deals. But yeah, we were going on a ton of dates and I was like, maybe I could do like a, uh, a blog about like dating. And then I was like, maybe I'll do a blog about yoga. But then I was like, oh, but I'm not really into yoga. I do like it, but I don't have like enough knowledge about yoga to like really feel passionate about writing about it. And so when I started doing a lot of research about anxiety and things that I could do to really let go and release it, it was, I was really looking into mindfulness and meditation and self-care and self-love. And I thought, you know, the content on the internet was either, was very like black or white. It was very either like, you had the mindfulness and meditation teachers who were like these 80-year-old hippies who were like, you know, wake up, <laughs> I can't even talk, wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the nearest mountaintop and sing with the goats. And then you had, you know, the polar opposite, which was like, just too hippy dippy for me. And I was just like, I'm not really finding any content that I'm resonating with. Like, 
I didn't want to go vegan. I didn't want to like trade in my car and buy a Prius and like buy hemp shoes and like drink like these weird green drinks and like get dreadlocks. Like I didn't want to change who I was to like be into meditation and just the content was really dry or it was really like too far out there woo woo um craziness so I had like okay clinical you know you had um John Kabat-Zinn and him his I think it's the MSRB mindfulness based stress reduction program that he did at Harvard and there was like all of this clinical info and then you had like the woo woo hippies and I was like what about the people who are just normal who just really need to meditate to chill the f out and Growing up, we had always had this saying in my house, which was, if you can't find it, you create it yourself. My mom was an interior designer. Like, my dad was into computers and building computers. So it just really came natural. I was like, okay, well, if I can't find what I'm looking for on the internet, like, I'm just going to do my own version of it and write about what I want to write about in my own voice. And hopefully someone finds it interesting. And so for the first year of my blog, I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't tell my family about it. I didn't really tell my friends about it. I told maybe like a handful of people that like knew me, knew me. Um, And a lot of people, when I tell them how I grew my audience or the numbers that my blog grew to, they assume that I had a preconceived audience before I started my blog. Like, I don't know on Instagram or like YouTube or whatever. And I was like, absolutely not. I didn't have any audience. I was starting at zero. I, t- I didn't know how to build a website. Um, this was before like Wix and like, what was the, what's the other one? Squarespace? No, I don't know. There's another platform, um, was really, was really popping. So it was like you build your own website and a lot of the themes that they had, I didn't really like And I'm one of those people, when I get a vision in my head, I cannot stop until it looks exactly how I envisioned it in my head. So I was like, the only way that's going to happen is if I build my website myself. So that's what I did. I went to the library and I checked out books on HTML and I built my website on my bedroom floor, eating Thai food and listening to Spice Girls. So that is kind of like the prerequisite of what my blog it really came to fruition that way. Um, why? I'm sorry, you guys. I've been up since like 6.45 this morning. I am not a morning person. I used to start work at 7 a.m. So I'd be up at like 4.45, 5 a.m. And I vowed to myself <laughs> that one of the reasons, not all, but one of the reasons why I worked so hard to make my blog a business and like just make my, have my own business was so I didn't have to wake up super early. Um, but I had to get on a call this morning and it was actually a really fun call. So I don't regret, regret, I don't regret, regret waking up early at all. But now my brain, it's like 2 PM and it's like, yeah, we need a nap. So I <laughs> pushed through this. Um, so where was I saying? Okay. So yeah, for the first year, I didn't really have any other social media I didn't use any social media at all for my blog because I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I was writing about stuff that I was like, I don't know, it's sometimes more difficult to the idea of being judged by people, you know, is almost worse than like being judged by people you don't know. 
if that makes any sense. If anyone can relate, let me know because I hope I'm not the only one. Um, and so I, like I said, I strictly used Pinterest and I was able to generate 80,000 views on my blog within the first three months. And I grew my email list to under a thousand in that time frame as well. So it really took off. And I don't think that it was because like my writing was stellar and I had like the best images and like I had a following and I was promoting it and like collaborating. Honestly, it was just Pinterest. (laughs) So I think when people think that they're like, oh my God, your content must be so good. And I mean, my content's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm a pretty good writer, but I don't think I'm freaking Hemingway. Like it it was just, honestly, it was Pinterest. So I'm going to tell you some little, I'm going to bust some facts, some myths that people have about Pinterest, give you the real facts about Pinterest. Um, I'm gonna go over them pretty quickly. So the first is that it's not a social media platform. Let's just, let's clear the air with this one because this one really bothers me when people are like, Pinterest is just another social media platform. When was the last time you were quote social on Pinterest? You're not like in people's DMs on Pinterest. Like, yes, there's a messaging option, but you're not really on it to like talk to people. At least I don't. (laughs) I don't know anyone who does. So we really need to look at social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as like they're, uh, that is true social media. Pinterest is a search engine. So just like Google, when you want a recipe or a mantra or a service, or you have a question, you type it into the search bar. And so instead of SEO, there are things like rich pins that are really how pins are captioned and ranked. Um, Social media is, right, you have personal content. It's about your life, your opinions. The number of followers is important. It's a vanity metric, right? When you see someone's Instagram, when they have a thousand followers versus 200,000 followers, like you think the person with the 200,000 followers is going to hold more, uh, to use the term kids are calling it these days, it's, I believe it's the word clout. Um, (laughs) I am a child, so like I should know these things, but, um, on, on a platform like Pinterest, the number of followers you have actually has nothing to do with how successful your Pinterest is going to be. So when you think of Pinterest as a search engine, it's more informational content, um, that solves a problem. So followers are very, very not important. And what's more important is the search results. And if you're typing in a keyword or phrase that your pin, your website is the one that is generating um, within the first page or two. So the second thing is that it's more than DIYs, recipes, quotes, and outfit ideas. So Um, There are over 250 million monthly Pinterest users. And the way that I've learned to interpret that data is that someone is into your weird shit too. So if you think like, I'm the only person who's into purple succulents or like, I don't know, underwater basket weaving. No, you're not. There are 250 million people out there. 
a handful, if not hundreds of thousands, are also going to be into those things as well. So you might think that you're the only person who is interested in selling hair caps for underwater basket weaving, but trust me, there's a need. There is a niche. There is a need to be filled. Um, Again, followers don't matter. So Pinterest is more about engagement with your pins rather than followers. And when I say engagement, I mean consistent engagement. So that is what Pinterest values and will actually boost that rather than give you more followers or have people follow you. So with engagement, there are three ways that Pinterest, um, I, what's the word I'm looking for to measure engagement is if they look for views, saves and clicks. Um, so the other thing that really drives me crazy is when people just post Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, content onto Pinterest. They're like, I posted this picture of me on vacation and there's a beach and like, I'm going to just put that on my Pinterest. Um, please stop doing this, (laughs) please. Like my eyes, they burn. So you need to create pins specifically for Pinterest. So you can utilize Canva. That's the one that I do. There's other, you know, um, ways to create Pinterest images, but I personally favor Canva because they already have the Pinterest dimensions as a template and I use it for all of my other marketing materials. This isn't sponsored by them. This isn't an ad. I genuinely like Canva. Um, They have tons of templates and images for you to use. Horizontal pins do not perform well. So you can repurpose content, but you need to be using actual dimensions that Pinterest favors. Um, so again, just don't think you picture or tweet and like re-put that onto a Pinterest board. I've had it where people have repinned my content with like the blog post title card. And that's fine because right, like I can't control what other people do. But as far as like for me, I know that when I go to pin, I'm pinning the pins that are within my blog post. So let's talk numbers, my favorite. So 40% of pinners have a household income of $100,000. That's in the U.S. Um, I know people are um, all over the world who listen to this podcast. So that's going to vary country to country. But in America, it's $100,000. $100,000 is the medium income for people who are on Pinterest. So what does that type of data tell you? So families that have over hundred k of income can actually purchase your services, your products, um, they can, they're more likely to be candidates who can afford to work with you or buy your courses. They have that extra income to actually buy things. So 93% of active pinners say that they have used Pinterest to plan for purchases and 87% say they've purchased something because of Pinterest. Those numbers are ridiculous. Think about that. If there's 250 million monthly Pinterest users and 87% say they've purchased something because they've seen it on Pinterest. Um, that's huge. Someone do the math. I like barely passed algebra. That's a big number, whatever that number is. So I've actually heard this really good quote and I can't remember where I heard it, but it really stuck with me. So whoever had this idea, like shout out to you. I'm not trying to plagiarize it. I just genuinely don't know where I found it. Um, but when you think about, when you think about these social media platforms and Pinterest, so 
Facebook captures the here and now. You can do Facebook Lives. You're posting what you're doing right now. Sally's drinking a cherry Diet Coke on her grandmother's porch. You are posting about what you're doing right this second. Twitter gives you access to a global conversation, right? You can connect with athletes, movie stars, social media influencers, um, reporters from different networks, authors, journalists, speakers. Like you're, you're creating a conversation around a specific topic and it gets picked up and it's a global conversation. Instagram shows you pictures and Instagram stories of what you're doing right now or what you did. Here is a picture of me and Mykonos eating vitamins that look like little bears. <laughs> and you should try them too so you can get really long hair, skin, and nails. Like it's something, right? Like that picture was probably taken three weeks ago is auto face tuned and photoshopped the whole nine year nine yards I cannot talk I think I need to start doing some vocal uh <laughs> lessons um so Instagram is really just a I mean I'm not even gonna get into it I have my own little issues with Instagram it can be super overwhelming for me um but Pinterest is about designing your future this is how I want my life to look look at my board of white kitchens that I would love to have one day with a big island in the middle so I'm not cramped when I'm cutting onions. <laughs> um, this is a recipe I want to try. This is a workout I want to do. This is a business that I want to start. This is a makeup routine that I want to try. Again, you're designing your future. And I thought that was just a really great way to look again to really drive my home, my point home about Pinterest not being a social media platform, Pinterest is about looking at what you want, things that you want to do, that you're excited about. And the other thing I want to just throw in a couple more little numbers and stats here is 40% of new signups are men, 60% of new signups are women. And I know people are like, 40% isn't even that big, Brie. Um, but to put that into perspective, out of 250 million monthly users, men are 40% of that statistic. So men are on Pinterest. Also, millennials use Pinterest just as much as Instagram. Yeah, I don't know about what's the, is it Gen Z is the one after millennials? I'm a millennial. I'm on Pinterest. I've had Pinterest since it's first started, which was, I think, in 2013. Um, so there are definitely millennials on Pinterest for sure. So I want to talk about the next thing, which is setting up your Pinterest business profile. Um, you need to set up a Pinterest business profile. If you walk away today with anything, please start your your biz profile on Pinterest. Unlike Instagram, where I've heard rumors when you switch to a biz profile, it messes up with your analytics, but that's not going to happen on Pinterest. Trust me, it's actually going to help you understand your audience because you're going to get a whole bunch of data. It's free. So like really, there's no reason to not get it. <laughs> Um, like I said, you get analytics, so you get to see your demo, your best performing pins, how many clicks, views, and saves you get on each pin. Um, these are important so you understand your audience and who is actually engaging with your content. 
And with that, you'll actually also activate rich pins, which are higher ranked than regular pins. You need to have rich pins. So not to get all technical, but they have a meta description behind them. So what that means is that they have descriptions behind the image. So they rank better within the platform. Make sense? Capiche? You're going to go get a business, Pinterest business profile. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if you were like, I'm going to stop this episode and go register and get a Pinterest business profile. And I hope you come back because I do have two more, three more things to say. Um, (laughs) But please, if you do anything, it takes like 30 seconds. You can totally do it. Um, Number three, how many things are there? Um, There's four. We'll do four. Um, there's a fifth one, but like, I feel like this, it's not as relevant. Um, maybe I'll say it. I don't know. We're 20 minutes in. I didn't want to make this more than 20 minutes, but you know what? I'm rather wordy. So number three, should you start a blog? Um, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. Yes. I get asked this a lot. Do I need to have a blog to be successful on Pinterest? Um, Is blogging dead? Does anyone even blog anymore? Like everyone's on YouTube vlogging. Okay, well, if you aren't as narcissistic as vloggers, um, I want to say no, but I also want to say yes. So yes, you need to have a blog to be successful on Pinterest. Um, think about it this way. It is an additional layer of credibility and authenticity to your services and your business. So I'm all down for the woo-woo, but I'm also down for research, science, and cold hard facts. So if you want to assert your authority in any field, any field, underwater basket weaving, um... I don't know, research, finance, research stuff. You need to know your facts, right? You need to show your potential clients that you know what you're talking about. And this doesn't have to be a separate website. You can build it right into the one that you currently have and just learn to repurpose your content into a blog post. So if you write longer Facebook posts or Instagram captions, chances are you can actually use that to curate a blog post. I believe there's a little bit of a secret sauce to writing a blog post. Not going to get into that here, but it's not a diary entry, but more focused on the reader. Um, all of the greats have them. Marie Forleo, Gabby Bernstein, Katrina Ruth. I like this guy, Pat Flynn. Even big brands like J. Crew, Anthropology, Kate Spade have blo- a blogging component to their brands and websites. I think Forever 21 also had one um, until they got really um, heavy with selling online. Okay, let's move on to number four. <laughs> I like number four, apparently. Number, number four. <laughs> Emails. Um, I know people get so weirded out whether like email marketing is dead. Everyone thinks everything's dead. Blogging is dead. Email marketing is dead. Um, you know what's not dead is making money. <laughs> from emails. I cannot stress this enough. 
you do not own your Instagram followers, your Facebook groups, your Facebook profiles, your Facebook business profiles. If you're building a business strictly on Instagram or Facebook, girl, boy, dude, I don't know what the correct pronouns are these days. You're getting yourself in hot water. It's the only way to say it. I don't get these like. Um, I see it all the time. How I did this with no email list. I'm like, OK, what? <laughs> Facebook and Instagram can totally support your business, but they cannot be the foundation of your business. I use Facebook. I use Instagram to support as a method of marketing a thousand percent. I'm not against it. But guess what? If my Facebook, if my Instagram gets shut down tomorrow, I have about 3,000 people that are still <laughs> going to see me in their inbox. You remember when we had um, Instagram and Facebook go down at the same time and people were like flipping out? I sent an email because, you know, my thought process was people are freaking out if they can't get to their Facebook and Instagram. Guess where they're at? They're in their emails. I had a killer day that day. Killer day. Um, so think about it this way. When you're building a house, which I've never built a house, but I'm going to assume that this is what it's like. I mean, I have like, I built a gingerbread house. Does that count? Um, you need a solid foundation when you're building a house. So something like, oh, I don't know, an email list (laughs) that you own. Facebook and Instagram are like the framings of the house. They're important but they're not the foundation. So email is not dead. If utilized correctly, you can monetize your list um, and utilize Pinterest to grow your email list. And you're probably like, how do I do that? Well, let me give you a little workflow. Someone finds your, your beautiful pin on Pinterest. They click it because they're like, this looks like It has the answers to my questions. It's providing value in this well-written blog post. They're reading the blog post. Within the blog post, there's a CTA, a call to action that will capture their email. Or you can have a pop-up when they visit your site. And then you're like, their person is like, hey, you know what? I'm really interested in this freebie because it's not a crappy freebie. It actually is something that I'm curious about and has the answers that I've been looking for. And they click that and they give you their email. There is an exchange. It's like the olden days before we had money when people would like trade fish for pearls. I don't know. Like, you know, they would trade things. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm really going for it. So You want to create a freebie or an email opt-in. It drives me mad when I go to a website and the email opt-in is like, you want to keep up with my latest blog posts and updates? Um, No, no, I don't. I really don't. Unless you are a Kardashian, no one is interested in keeping up with you. And that's even a little bit debatable. I don't watch the Kardashians. So if you're a true coach, if you're truly here to serve, then you're going to want to provide value up front. 
you are going to provide a valuable freebie and email opt-in. They're pretty much synonymous at this point that people want. So those are my five tips for how I grew my blog and my email list utilizing Pinterest. I hope this was helpful. I try to make it fun and entertaining because I know I've sat through some webinars and courses and the person's like, there's 250 million views on Pinterest. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep and we're only five minutes in. So I try to keep this fun, entertaining. I'm probably not going to have a voice tomorrow because I feel like I've been yakking away all day or yapping, not yakking. (laughs) I've been yapping away all day. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, um, you guys know where to find me on Instagram at livingbreely or send me an email to info at livingbreely.com and I'd be more than happy to answer any of your Pinterest questions to the best of my ability. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you on Tuesday with another interview, which is going to be dope. I'm actually having a dating relationship expert come on. Yeah, super excited, super out of my comfort zone, but that usually leads to a really great time. So have a good weekend. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye.
one more thing. If you loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbreely.com or check out the show notes below. post a